Good morning. Wasn't that a beautiful song? Today, you know, I, I like personality studies in the Bible. And uh, I've been, today I want to share one with you. We're going to, as you heard from the doctor uh, about Jacob. We love Jacob, don't we? <laughs> Well, and uh, I hope that in a couple of weeks, I want to share with you a study about Barnabas. I've been, I've been working on that. But we'll see what happens. If the Lord changes my mind, then whatever. Uh, anyway, 
thank you for coming. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, my message is about two hours, so. <laughs> no. Let's open our Bibles. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis. Kick him out of here. Two hours? No. To the Old Testament, chapter 32, Genesis, chapter 32. Verses 24 to 31. Verses 24 to 31. Genesis 32. Then Jacob, you know, Jacob was moving toward going back to his, to the, his land where he left. And he was worried about meeting his brother because he stole from his brother a very, very good thing. He stole what, Dean? Birthright. Birthright. Now, he's there just a few miles to meet his brother who's going after him. Then Jacob, it says, verse 24, was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, unhesitatingly, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, now my turn, he asked to say, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Verse 31, now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. May the Lord bless this word. If uh, I uh, have to give a title to this message, <clears throat> About 15 years ago, when I studied it, I gave it a title, Extreme Makeover. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm not going to be that bad. This time I will retitle it, The Remaking of Jacob. Softer. I became softer. <laughs> so, uh, let us a little bit trace God's dealing with Jacob Prior to this meeting, prior to this meeting, first God met him at Bethel with vision and promises when he was leaving. 
running away from his brother, and yet how poor was the response. And this, if you want to read it, uh, this is a long Bible study. This is why I said it's going to be two hours. So I am not going to go for that. In Genesis 28, you will find it. Then, in Genesis 29 and 30, God met him again during those years in Haran when he was working for his uncle, using disappointments so he can draw his attention and to lead him to trust the Lord, but to, li to little over or no effect whatsoever on his personality. Jacob stayed Jacob. Then came the angelic host in uh, Genesis 32, verses 1 and 2 at the very beginning. But its effect on him was only temporary. And then he went back to his old Jacob. Okay, so many of you know what's the meaning of Jacob. He has, he has so many, so many meaning. One of, one, one of the uh, things about Jacob that he, he is a supplanter. Supplanter, he specialized in that as a specialty. Now, how, how? Like it is with many of us. We do not realize that all these circumstances that the Lord brought in his life, the perplexities, the many experiences, it was part of God's plan for Jacob to change him. And so many times the Lord does bring into our lives many circumstances to change us. And it is intended not to harm us, but it intended to show us where we are at that time God is dealing with us. And so we struggle and strive and fight and resist and all these things to no purpose. God had been trying to get to Jacob to trust him. For 20 years, and all God got from Jacob is a human opposition, period. Nothing else. Now comes, at this time, when he was alone, didn't know what to do, trying to appease his brother. He was left alone on a plane. It was night, and the divine discipline comes along. The divine discipline comes along. A man wrestles with him, and the tactics have changed, and the dealings of God have changed completely with Jacob that time. Number one, God wants to break our will and change our lives. You might say, Edo, you're too hard on me today. This is the word of God. We might tell it as it is. God wants to break our will and change our lives. There are many people I probably you met, and 
after you met them for quite some time and you know them, and they, these people say, my way or the highway. It was with Jacob. Always his way. Always his way. As Jacob's caravan got near to the land of his father, his plans got escalated, and he prepared everything to appease his brother Esau, who was running after him. He made elaborate plans to face a fierce and powerful enemy. His family is in danger, his life in a spiritual crisis, and all that he gathered, that all the herds that he had and all the wealth that he, he gathered from his uncle there, and he schemed to maintain it, and he didn't know what to do. He was in complete disarray. Fearful. Didn't know what to do. Fearful of his family, fearful of his herd, fearful of the people who were with him, fearful of his life. And he was so burdened about tomorrow. He forgot about the meeting with the angels earlier to encourage him and to guide him and to tell him what to do. If you want to go back to it, it's, it's earlier in the chapter. And how soon we forget what God tells us. We don't want to blame him. But I believe that human nature is the same since the days of Jacob's, and it's still the same today. You agree with that? It never appeared to Jacob that there is a better way than his way. And there's a greater way than his way. And the Lord prepared, prepared a meeting with God to prepare him for Esau, his brother. And that meeting is better than any scheme that Jacob has prepared for himself. And I want to stop here for a second and ask you this question. Are we faced with some difficult problems? Sometimes, do we? Are we? Does some apparent obstacle oppose us in our day-to-day -day activity? Are we at our wit's end, as we say, in view of some terrible need that we need to see done in our lives? Have we made all kinds of arrangements except for God to arrange matters for us? Have we frustrated ourselves to find a solution and to no avail? Let's ask ourselves these questions. Did you ever reach that place in your life like Jacob? But this is why it's open for us so we can learn. We can uh, take the story of his life and what's going to happen to him and the result, and the result to help us discover the secret of the real spiritual victory in our lives and blessing. And let me tell you one thing. That, uh, what happened at the end of this, I'm going to give you. First of all, God's will 
was done. Secondly, his plan was achieved. Thirdly, his timing was the right time. So let's pray and ask ourselves when we go through situations like this. He couldn't go back. He's afraid of going for further, and he's stuck. He's stuck there. But let me tell you one thing. If we turn to God, his will would be done. His plan will be achieved. And his timing, it's always the right timing. Never too late or too early. What's the solution, Jacob? You're left alone. Page two. God comes to Jacob, and the wrestling has started. When the wrestling got intense, the Lord touched the socket of Jacob's thigh and dislocated it completely. At this time, Jacob's attitude changed. And instead of fighting, he started clinging and would not let the Lord who was fighting with him go anywhere. I will not, he says in verse 26, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The Lord did not answer that, but he asked him a very, very important question. What is your name? Let me, let me, let me ask you this. Does God know your name? Does he know my name? He knows where you live. He knows what you do. He knows about tomorrow. But he wanted to hear. He wanted to hear what Jacob is going to say, what kind of name he's going to give himself. That's what God. God wanted to hear that. Watch, watch this. God knew his name. He's the only one who created him. In Isaiah 43, 1, we read, but thus says the Lord, as if he's addressing him. You create, O Jacob. He's addressing the whole nation, but O Jacob. And he who formed you, O Israel. That's his name. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. And so many people go along with life. Oh, God doesn't see this. God doesn't see me. I can, I, can, I can swing this transaction. I can do this. Mm, think about that. The eyes of God are everywhere. And he knows he created you. Now, let me ask you a question. Does God know our names? Did he create us and the entire universe? Did he call Samuel three times? Did he call Saul on the road to Damascus? Does he call all the stars of heaven by name, each one? Does he know your name and mine? Does he keep a book of life of all who are redeemed? He keeps books, and he knows. 
Surely he knows Jacob's name, but he wanted Jacob to say his name. Yes, Jacob, as he broke down, he's in pain. He, he, he's completely, he's completely now not the fighter. He's completely not the appeaser. He's not Jacob that you, I, I know, and I know. And he says, I am of two natures. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. I am selfish. I'm crafty. Was he? Well, wouldn't you say that? I am deceitful. Did he deceive his uncle? Mm -hmm. I am deceptive. Did he deceive his father too? I am a supplanter. I'm a swindler. And you can have a list of those. I am Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And that was a true confession, wide open. Let me ask you a question. When God, when we face God, like he faced him that night, like wrestling with God, and he asks you, what's your name? Can you come clean and tell him what kind of personality you are? What kind? You know one thing? When I came to him, and I knew he knew everything, he said, Lord, I am a sinner. Save me by your grace. Amen. Well done, Jacob. The Lord said, I am going to give you a name change. Your name shall no longer be Jacob. But Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. You did not give up. You said, I will not leave you unless you bless me. I think this is the highest point in Jacob's life. It's when completely he broke down. When he realized he is in front of God. When he realized and saw his life, like a video of his life, since he was born until that moment, and he was just naked before God. And then, so as someone said, I read this, there and then Jacob was knighted on the battlefield. Jacob, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. A change, complete change. That's why I, I called it a long time ago. It's an extreme makeover. This is where Jacob knew God the way he should know him. And may the Lord help us to come face to face with our creator, not run away from him. We are good in running away. We don't say, I can hide this from him. Nothing is hidden before the eyes. Everything is naked before the eyes who knows everything who created you. And we come face to face, clean before God. Here I am. This is where I stand. This is what I'm doing. And this is what I need. 
I need you to change me and to make me a new creation. <laughs> if you know you're not saved this afternoon, may I ask you to consider this. God is looking at you, and he knows where you are sitting, which seat, which bench, and he wants you to declare your full name to him, who you are, what you are, and then if you're looking, if you're looking to live a clean life, a life worthy of living, please be honest with God and be honest like what Jacob did this early morning. Then Jacob's turn. He said, what's your name? But why, why the Lord is, why do you ask me about my name? I says, it's enough that I want to bless you. When someone in the Old Testament, the father of, of uh, the great guy, Samson, and uh, the angel, the God came to him and says, you are going to have a son, and you shall call him Samson. He said, well, would you please tell me your name? He said, why are you asking about my name? And my name is? And stop there. My name is God Almighty. Why are you asking me? Is he looking for a report of good works? When he asks him, say, okay, Jacob, tell me. Tell me about you, Jacob. Is he asking for his community service? What are you doing? Or his donations to the church, or donations to the missions, or charitable contributions, or a report on his reputation? He knows all about it. He's asking you and me today, what is your name? The Pharisee did all the above, but was not justified in the eyes of God. But the publican, he stood, he wouldn't get near to him. And he said, what's your name? I am a sinner, please save me. That's it. That's it. He faced that. And Jacob at that moment faced it. And I hope each person who does not know this afternoon, the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, that you will come clean and tell him, here I am. You know me. Please, I am a sinner. Save me by your grace. And that's, after all, what we all are. Sinners saved by grace. We came and confessed and, and got saved. Because all have sinned and come close to the glory of God. He needs to hear our confession. He needed, he needed to see Jacob humbled, humiliated, and confess and tell him who he is. I am Jacob. 
because he is able to change and make an extreme makeover from out of you and out of me. And your name will change. Did he change his name? No more Jacob. What is it? Who knows the meaning of Israel? Yes, Sylvia. You're no more. This Jacob that people hate, this supplanter, Adam. Are you no more? Not you. Okay. Okay. No more. No more. I am going to call. From now on, you're a prince. And what happened when you come to, to Christ? What happened when he changed you? What happened when you confessed your sins? Okay. You are no more a sinner, but a sinner saved by grace. You are a child of God. We heard about that earlier. You become a child of God from an alien to a child of God, from a stranger to a joint heir with Christ. That's what he became. This is why I call it a remarkable, an extreme changeover. And then he did not leave him like this. He said, I don't want you to leave anymore. From a fighter to a clinger. He wanted to be with him. He didn't want him to go. But he said, no, you should go. And I will preserve your life. A new day. A new character for Jacob. No more fighting. But clinging. No more the crafty one. But he who is worthy to prevail. To lead. To rule. To overcome. Though he was limping outwardly. Listen to this. Though he was limping outwardly. But inwardly. He was as strong as ever. People say, what, what happened to you? You're no more the fighter. We don't hear any more things from you, what you used to be. You're a wimp. No, you're not. You might look outwardly, but inwardly, you have the spirit of God that has changed you and taken charge of your life. You become a new man. Do you want to become a new person today? There is no other way except the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to him and he will change you. Even someone like Jacob, you might say, I, I, I am such a sinner. Ah, you don't know me, Edel. Oh, you, you don't know my life. Let me tell you one thing. Is it worse than Jacob? Is it worse than those people who came to Jesus Christ, murderers, thieves, is it worse than the thief on the cross? Is it? Come to him. And when he asks you, who are you? I'm a sinner. Please save me. That's all it needs. And he will change you. He will save you. He'll give you a new life. And you're no more the fighter. You are the clinger, the one who stayed with the Lord at Jesus Christ. And you know what? And he left him, though he was not strong as before. He couldn't run the way he should run. He couldn't walk the way he should walk. He was limping. But on the inside, as we said, he was a great, a great, a strong man 
inwardly a mark. Let me tell you one thing, that never left him. He kept limping all his life. Did you ever think of that? He kept limping, but he became a different man. And his testimony, let me tell you one thing. His testimony is still with us today. Who are we talking about now? About Jacob. About his transformation. Can God transform you? Amen, he can. He transformed all the sinners here saved by grace. And you can hear their testimonies. I was blind, but now I can see. I was nothing. But now I was something. I'm something. I didn't know God, but I am the child of God. I was the appeaser. He didn't know what to do with his family. He didn't know what to do facing his brother. And the Bible says, and the sun rose. Wow, all night long he stayed with him. The sun rose upon him. But one thing, though the sunshine was beautiful, I remember when I first got saved, I woke up in the, I got saved at night. I woke up in the morning. I thought the sun was shining differently. Though the sunshine rose, but there was a new sunshine within his heart that rose again. The sun seemed brighter that day in the heart of Jacob. And the peace of God took over his life and sent him out, though limping, yet a man of God, a new man. Because he has seen the face of God. And guess what? And he was preserved. How about a makeover this afternoon? How about a, a change in your life this afternoon? And you did not come here by chance, but the Lord sent you. Especially to young people I'm talking to. How about giving him your life? And say, you know what? I'm like Jacob. I need an extreme makeover. And that's what we call a new birth. That's what we call a born again. I need to be born again. I need Jesus Christ to save me and change my life. How about that? You know, and when you take Jesus Christ as your Savior, I can tell you with this. And with this little, little sentence, there is always sunrise for the soul that has communion with God. And he started a new life. And guess what? And when he went and was united with his family, I don't want, I want to end it here, and said, let's go and meet my brother. And those of you, the scholars here, there are many scholars, thank God for you. And the, when he met his brother, who he was afraid of, his brother came instead of killing him and kissed him. When God ch takes charge of your life, things will change. Even your enemies will start loving you. 
Though they might say many things about you, but they can stand for this. He is a new man. He is a man of God. She is a great lady, a woman of God. Why don't you let him take over today as God took over the life of Jacob and changed him. And from there on, it was uphill all the way. Would you? Let's bow our heads for prayers. Please, please remember, God would like to change you to the better. God would like to lift you and send you out as a new man. Would you let him take over your life and cling to him? Father, we are thankful for the opportunity. We still have the freedom in this wonderful land of ours to preach the gospel with the full liberty and freedom. We pray, Lord, that if there's any heart that is still away from you, any soul that needs to be saved, that you, through the Holy Spirit, speak to them, change their lives, give them an extreme makeover, and send them out new people to live for you and honor you and serve you. Thank you for the opportunity. Bless each and every one. Take us home safely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. Thank you. <laughs>